Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, welcome to Praying for America. Glad you're with us tonight on this this evening when we are going to once again look at what the Lord is saying to our nation. It's Monday night, the 27th of uh, February. And uh, we are delighted to have you, patriots from across the nation, others from around the world. And uh, we're going to start with some uh, scripture. I'm going to tell you maybe the most important economic lesson for you to understand the impact of government on your life when it comes to money. The most simple, profoundly impactful economic lesson that you'll ever hear And I'm not an expert in economics. This is simply a lesson that helps us all understand what's going on. And I'm going to talk to you about how bad, how bad the poll numbers are for the Brandon administration. And uh, also um, a couple of other things about, uh, well, one of the most important broadcasting battles that's going on and uh, resistance against the ongoing censorship of what is right and what is true here in America. We're going to talk about all these things tonight. A lot of things to share with you in a short time. Let's get right to it and go to our scriptures. Beginning of Mark's gospel. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Let us pray. Father, we pray for the forgiveness of our own sins. We pray that others may have the gift of repentance, that they may be forgiven of theirs. We ask you, Lord, that the power of sin not be allowed to destroy this nation, that the deception that the devil himself wants to enslave us with, will be lifted from this nation. That we will see and understand what is truly for our good and may instill that by our teaching and preaching, by our educational system, by the lessons we give to one another as citizens, and by the votes that we cast. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray for America. That includes praying for you. Please, besides letting us know where you're from across these great 50 states or from other countries, let us know how we can pray for you tonight. Because as we pray, we want to include your intentions too. Not just tonight, but on an ongoing basis. All of us at Priests for Life are committed to praying for you. Biden. Oh, this is bad. The Associated Press NORC Center, that's uh, the National Opinion Research Center at the uh, University of Chicago, did a joint poll. 22% of American adults, only 22%, not even a quarter of American adults, believe that Biden should seek another term. I don't think it's a surprising poll result. The man is, is it's, it's, a, it's a question mark as to whether he'll be able to complete his first term. How in the world does the nation get governed by somebody like this? 
So even among, just if you just look at Democrats, you know how many want him to seek a second term? Among Democrats, 37%. And he thinks he can win a primary among the Democrat voters? Only 37% think he should even try? 62% oppose a re-election bid by Joe Brandon. But this is down just from this past October, where 52% of Democrats wanted him to run again. People are seeing the light. Only 27% of Democrats had, quote, a great deal of confidence that Biden could, quote, accomplish major policy goals. And another 27% expressed that confidence that he could effectively manage government spending. When it came to specific political issues, Democrats expressed strong confidence in his handling of his job, but the public at large did not share that view. His strongest marks came from handling the coronavirus pandemic. Okay, 53% of the general public said uh, he was doing okay. 82% of Democrats did. But then you look at other issues. Most Americans gave him negative marks on race relations, climate change, foreign policy, relationship with Russia, healthcare, the economy, and immigration. Negative marks. You know, the Democrats are not in a good position in terms of having somebody strong to win. And uh, that's fine with us. But I mean, if you just look at it just objectively, these polling numbers are not um, not surprising. When you look at the other side of the aisle, oh, and, and by the way, you were starting to see already on the Democrat side, other people throwing themselves into the uh, primary uh, arena. Uh, I think that's all it's going to take when you got Democrat um, challengers to Biden. It's all sort of like they've all been looking at one another and saying, okay, who's going to jump in? Um, but when you start seeing uh, uh, other challengers jump in, I think this will uh, uh, this will break uh, this will break the ice, so to speak, and and more and more voices will arise, uh, getting around challenging uh, primary candidates as a way of saying uh, what a lot of them have been afraid to say outright that the man should not seek a second term. Okay, on the other side of the aisle. Uh, interesting, uh, a continued rise of um, dominance for President Trump uh, in the polling. You know, even just uh, recently on this program, I was pointing out that the more crowded the Republican primary field uh, becomes, and there are additional people jumping in uh, to the race, um, the, the more President Trump uh, has the chance of... Um, winning the nomination because his opponents will divide the anti-Trump uh, vote. You know, the uh, pattern being, and this was true a few months ago in the polls, that President Trump versus the next leading challenger, which of course is Governor DeSantis, even though he hasn't formally declared, um, would give him less of an advantage than if you have four or five, ten 
uh, uh, opponents, again, who are all dividing the anti-Trump vote. But it doesn't seem to be that way anymore. The recent McLaughlin uh, poll showed that he had 18 percentage points advantage when there was a crowded field and 18 percent point advantage when it was just DeSantis. So in other words, it's not proving true that the more that get into the, the race is a benefit for, uh, for President Trump. It's simply showing that, you know, he's got a dominance over the field, period, amen, no matter what all the other ones decide to do. So that was an interesting um, development in the polling. Let's keep an eye on that. We will continue to keep an eye on that as the months go on. Well, I want to go over to the board. I want to talk, I want to share a, I want to share a lesson with you from a famous economist, Milton Friedman. He said this, it's a number of commentators recently have been talking about it. I picked up on it and I want to share it with you. Many of you, I'm sure, have heard this already. And then I want to talk to you about a very important censorship battle. And I want to give a call to action. This is very important that we need to be involved in. Let's go over here to the whiteboard. Milton Friedman. Okay. He talked about four different uh, spending scenarios that affect you and me. Now, I'm going to put two columns here. And this is really, you know, astonishingly simple but profound. How much do I spend? How carefully do I... How carefully do I count my, my, my pennies, okay? How much do I spend? And how good is the product that I buy? So how I spend my money and how much I, fit, I spend. Two different dynamics, right, if you're buying something. Those are two, the two main things that you consider, right? What am I going to buy? How much am I going to spend on? Okay. And then I want to look at four different scenarios. Now, either you can spend your money, okay, or you could be spending someone else's money. These are the two possibilities. These are the two considerations. I've got my money. How much of it am I going to spend? What am I going to spend it on? I'm going to spend someone else's money. How much am I going to spend? What am I going to spend it on? Now, breaking these two possibilities down a little bit further, you can spend your own money on you. You're going to buy something for yourself. Or you can spend your own money on someone else. You're going to buy someone else a gift. You can spend somebody else's money on yourself, or you can spend somebody else's money on someone else. Okay, so you're following me. Now I want what I want to do is very simple. I want to apply this this. How does each of these four scenarios affect 
how much you're going to spend, how carefully you're going to count your pennies, and how good of a product you're going to want to get for your money or for someone else's money, as the case may be. If you are spending your own money on you, well then, how much you spend is going to be a very high consideration. Let's put this in red. You're going to be very careful about how much you spend if you're spending your own money on you. And how good of a product you're going to want to buy. Well, you're spending it on yourself. You're going to want to get the best for your dollar, right? So that is also going to be a high priority. If you're spending your own money on someone else, because it's your own money, you're still going to be careful about how much you spend. But you're going to be a little bit less concerned. I don't want to say low. Let's say less about how good the product is because you know what? You're not going to be the one that's going to use the product. So you're going to be naturally a little bit less concerned about how good the product is if it's going to end up in the hands of somebody else. All right. You're following me so far. Now let's look at what happens when you're spending somebody else's money. You're spending it on yourself, but it's still somebody else's money. You're going to be a little bit less concerned about how much you spend, are you not? But since you're spending it on yourself, you're going to end up with the product that you buy. Yeah, you're, how good the product is is still going to be of a high concern. Is this making sense? Now, the last, the last scenario. You're going to spend somebody else's money on somebody else. How much you spend, what difference does that make? It's somebody else's money. How good the product is, you're going to be less concerned about that too because it's going to end up in somebody else's hand. And if there's a problem with the product, guess what? That's going to be their problem, not yours. Here's the point. This scenario right here, some spending somebody else's money on somebody else, that is government spending. That's what they do. They spend somebody else's money on somebody else. That's what they do. And therefore you have inherently less of a concern for being frugal and less of a concern for the quality of the product. And that's what forms the basis of our views about government spending and how it, it, and why it's out of control and it shouldn't be and we have to rein it in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I found this, again, it's Milton Friedman, famous economist, pointed this out. It takes, a, it, I explained it I, very deliberately, slowly, and carefully, but you can explain this in about 90 seconds to somebody. People have found this to be a very, very helpful insight. I found it so myself, and I wanted to share it with you here tonight. Government spending, you know, it's an important issue for a lot of different reasons. And, um, well, I leave this to you to use as you find uh, helpful.
Now, I just want to erase that. I'm going to keep this up here. Just want to give me some space here at the very top because I want to bring up one more thing before we go back into uh, into prayer and, and conclude here tonight. <sighs> we all know that there's censorship going on. We saw what happened to One American News, One American News Network with Direct TV. Now, Direct TV is under AT&T. So you've got <clears throat> AT&T and you've got Direct TV. And at the invitation of Nancy Pelosi writing to them and saying, you know, you really ought to get rid of One American News, stop carrying these conservative, you know, right-wing misinformation networks, in her opinion, and that of the Democrat Party. One American News Network, Newsmax, and Fox News. They made recommendations about three. And you know what? So far, they've implemented that suggestion in regard to two of the three. They kicked off One American News Network, and now they've done the same to Newsmax. Newsmax, which obviously different people are going to have different opinions about different outlets. I'm a Newsmax contributor. I'm on there a lot. Many of you are, are uh, uh, watch the programming there. It's, there's great news. There's great commentary. Uh, it is a network which uh, does not snuff out conservative values, does not snuff out religious values. It recognizes that a news network and commentary need to reflect what the American people and who the American people really are. And we are a, 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 a nation that is largely religious. We are a nation that is largely conservative. And uh, for this to happen, and for the lame excuses that DirecTV is, is, is giving, um, which, are, which are not the case, they're talking about, you know, excessive fees and whatnot, and they're getting rid of these, um, uh, they're saying, oh, it's cost-cutting measures and whatnot. But it carries 22 left-leaning networks, channels, many of which draw considerably lower ratings than Newsmax does. And they all get paid licensing fees. Let me just read this. DirecTV claimed that Newsmax was demanding excessive fees that would amount to tens of millions of dollars. But Newsmax denied that, saying it's seeking approximately a fee of $1 per cable subscriber per year, which is among the lowest requested fees in cable. Chris Ruddy, the CEO of Newsmax, said this was never about the fees being excessive. DirecTV's position has always been that Newsmax, of all cable news channels, should never get any cable fee whatsoever, not one penny. Now, I want to give you a website that you can go to to find out exactly what you can do. Iwantnewsmax.com. Because, brothers and sisters... This is a battle bigger than Newsmax. This is a battle over whether the things you and I believe are still things we can say in America and get out to our brothers and sisters, our fellow citizens, that we can build the tools we need to build with our creativity, with our generosity, and get the message out. To our fellow citizens, I want Newsmax.com. You're going to find there a petition that you can sign. You're going to find there 
uh, if you're a DirecTV subscriber, a number you can call to insist that Newsmax be reinstated on that service. And you're going to find also uh, the number you can call to tell your representative in Congress that if this is not resolved by DirecTV and AT&T very soon, that you want hearings to be held. Because, the, 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 because those who run these entities need to be called in and questioned about why the discrepancy, why the double standard, why, frankly, the persecution being leveled against one of the most popular effective networks and what a help it is to our values, to our political convictions, to our religious convictions, to our pro-life convictions. As I say, I, I enjoy being on the, on the uh, network uh, very, very frequently. And, um, and it works. The audience is responsive. People are being fed. They, they should not be deprived of this by, by the left-wing bias of some of these big companies. Let me go sit down here again, and let's go back into prayer for America and for one another. Lord, we thank you for Newsmax. We thank you for One American News Network. We thank you for all the initiatives being taken across this country for, for standing up and stepping up to the plate and, and, and getting the message out about the things we, in which we believe. Lord, we ask your protection and we ask for the, uh, for, the, for the defeating of the obstacles that are in the way. Obstacles being put up by, by AT&T, by DirecTV. Lord, knock these obstacles out of the way and allow this tremendous tool that you have given to America in Newsmax to continue to serve the millions and millions of people who have, at least temporarily now, been deprived of this resource. Let your people speak up. Let your people stand up. Let your people act. Lord, we pray that the excessive government spending that we have seen will be curbed. We pray, Lord God, that those in authority will be ever inspired to be more and more responsible, not less with the money that passes through their hands. And help us, Lord, to, give, to gain a, a good understanding of how our economic system works vis-a-vis -vis the power of government. And Lord, we pray for continued wisdom, increased wisdom on the voters of America. Lord, as the presidential primaries uh, continue to progress, we ask you to give wisdom to those who have thrown their hat into the ring. We ask you to give wisdom to those who are listening to them. Help your people to form their opinions carefully, to avoid knee-jerk reactions, to avoid decisions based purely on what we like and what we don't like instead of what we value and what we believe can be accomplished. Keep our minds focused in the right direction. And Lord, we pray that uh, all the needs of your people will be met, whether it's health, wisdom, consolation, or turning to you, Lord God, and giving you all the glory when there is success and prosperity. Lord, we pray for America. Save this great nation and enable us to do what we are called to do to bring that about. 
We pray now in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, follow me on social media. I'd love to be connected with you. FR Frank Pavone on all the major platforms. And follow Right Side Broadcasting on RSB Network. We're grateful to them for carrying this program and to Getter as well. Make sure you have your Getter account. And uh, tell other people about our program. I'm going to be going to CPAC later this week. So CPAC Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And uh, that'll be in uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. this year. And uh, it's going to be a great, great gathering. Maybe I'll see, I know I'll see some of you there. Uh, make sure we uh, have a chance to say hello. I'll be circulating among everybody and uh, looking to connect with you. CPAC. And uh, meanwhile, let's pray for America. Spread the word about our program. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.